Music and art are an expression of an artist's perspective on life. They shape our own perceptions of reality and help us develop an appreciation for the world around us. Connect with creatives of every nature to understand and deepen your connection to their work on the Evoked Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Evoked Podcast. Today, I'm joined by musician Anna Everling. Anna, thank you for being here. Yeah, hello. Hello, hello. For inviting me. Of course. No, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, so I, w- I would love to know, right off the bat, just tell us the music uh, that you're a singer, right, first of all, but the type of music that you perform. I would say if I have to put myself in a one genre or two, I would choose two, probably folk and jazz. Okay. More so, um, but not American jazz, not American... Some. Some? Okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of uh, from your country, right? My country, Latin America, Europe. Wow. So a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Now, where are you from originally? Moldova. Okay. Republic of Moldova. And how um, did you come to Chicago when you first came to the States? Yeah. How long ago was that? Pretty much. Um, 12 years ago. Oh, wow. In the fall of t- 20. No. 2010. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 12 years ago now. Yeah. Now, when you came here, was the idea for you to pursue music here? Was music something that you were already doing professionally back home? I was. I was uh, in a conservatory. I was studying. um, And at some point, I decided to quit. If you want, we can go back to that. (laughs) But And immigrate to the U.S. Okay. Um... But I haven't thought about starting making music here. It took me a while. No way. Yeah. It took me about uh, six years. Of from, from the time that you got here? Yeah. Of wow. uh, just survival. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know that all the things take time. Absolutely. Especially when you're new to a country. I mean, especially that's the, the, your, like you said, survival, you know, at that point, it's just getting your, your grounding, getting your feet, you know, planted. What was that like for you coming here as a, as an immigrant? You know, when you're 20 and there is no ration, there's no reason mm-hmm. uh, about anything you do. You just have some dreams. You have some um, mm, you have some kind of bravery, some fearlessness. It's some. It's incredible. You can only do those things when you're twenty, <laughs> when in your twenties. Uh, complete madness. You have and to be you a little just bit. throw yourself in into things. Now it, I would never do <laughs> what I did then. Never. That's crazy. <laughs> so looking back, it's just it's just madness to you. Absolutely. Zero connections, don't know anybody here. Zero connections? Uh, yeah. Wow. So what, like, what, tell me, okay, well, let's go back. So you're back in Moldova and you say, I, I'm, I want to move to the U.S. And this was just a dream of yours? Yeah, I, um, my boyfriend at the time, he planted this um, American dream in seed in my head. <laughs> he really wanted uh, that in for his future and we were both students at the conservatory in Kishinev, Moldova. Uh, 
life, student life for me was hard. I got disappointed um, pretty quickly with the classes, with mm. the, the way music was taught. I stopped going. I, I just abandoned studies uh, at some point uh, altogether and decided wow. to come here. Wow. So it was just you weren't motivated uh, in terms of music. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing challenging, it seems like, to, that it was offering you. No. It seemed like I was the only one who wanted to learn something. In wow. That place. Mm-hmm. Now, was your, what was your interest in music at the time? Like what types of music I what was, were you? Uh, my faculty was uh, jazz and pop music. Really? Faculty, yeah. So you, would you say you're kind of an old soul? Old soul? Yeah. I don't know what that is. No? Uh, 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 well, so jazz, so most, you know, think of uh, of the way kids are, right? An old soul, uh, someone who's got that, you know, like they're not, they're not, they're a little more mature at a younger age. I don't know. No? Is it because they're more mature or because they're neglected and they're forced to be more mature? <laughs> well, the old soul They're part. called old souls, but maybe they really need a lot of love and, and attention. That's true. Now, from the music part, what drew you to jazz? Because mm. that's not something typical for younger kids to be drawn to. I was, yeah, I was in high school. Mm. It was, it sounded very cool. It sounded like something cool. So I would walk in the street, I would hear uh, some people playing on patios. And I remembered that I would stop and sit somewhere on the sidewalk or on some steps and listen. And I was just, wow, it had this wow effect on me. Wow. Um, and then I started listening more. Um, I had a few friends who were also into jazz. And so you're creating a little community for yourself back home. I started collecting, yeah, albums. Um, I really liked, uh, I had a few favorite singers. I liked, uh, uh, a few guitarists a lot. I would listen to Pat Metheny a lot, and um, I liked Wes Montgomery. Um, uh, the world of the horn players also fascinated me. Um, now, did you ever pick up an instrument, or do you play an instrument? I studied piano in school. Okay. Um, later, I picked up the guitar because I thought it would be a brilliant idea. <laughs> Did it turn out to be a brilliant idea? Yes. Okay, so it was. So it's, it was a brilliant idea. It saved me from depending on other on musicians to accompany me. Oh, right. All the time. Right. So I became more independent thanks to that. Interesting. Now, right now you're working on um, quite the project where you're actually relying on other musicians as well. So you have... What is it? A seven-person um, band that you're working with to create your 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 next album? Yeah. So the solo guitar is uh, just a way of getting more work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and play playing just simple songs somewhere in a corner and uh, make some extra money um, for the recorded work for um, the projects that I'm into. I prefer to work with jazz musicians. I prefer to work with really good musicians. And I've been uh, 
I've been lucky uh, with the connections that I have now that I can choose and pick mm, according to my taste and who I really like. Mm. How do you how did you get to that point where you created this little community? Was it just performing that um, you know brought you these connections, or was it intentional? Yes. Performing. Interesting. I came into this business to perform as much as I can, anywhere, anytime. Um, I sing for parties. I sing for weddings. I sing in the street. I sing in the festivals and bigger venues. Uh, just as much as I can with as much people um, as I can. And as you can work with. Yeah. And, and that's how. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the performing part, when the music and the performance, is it something that you just can't separate? Like, to you, music is performing? Or or does it have its space where, you know, Anna just sits at home and um, puts on a show for herself? Puts on a show for herself, that's... That's probably left in the past, yeah. <laughs> in the childhood. <laughs> Thank God I don't have to do that anymore. So now you get to perform enough that you're practicing all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. practicing is never enough, never enough. And it's my answer to everything. Wherever I have a problem, my answer is just practice. <laughs> Whenever something bad happens or my self-esteem is low, I just, just practice. That doesn't mean that I pick up the instrument and do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, because, because of time management, I'm afraid that I'm the example of the chaotic artist. Really? Unfortunately. It's not a myth I would like to support. <laughs> so in what way? Just the organizational part of things? Because we'll get into yeah. the business side of things too, which is um, mm-hmm. something that... You know, something I didn't even really think about much. I mean, obviously it's there and there's a business side to it, but yeah, when it comes to organizing for you, is that more so what you're uh, referring to that? Um, yeah. I would like to learn how to organize myself. I know it's possible. There are ways we don't have to be the lazy artists, chaotic, uh, depressed uh, people that don't get anything that go with the flow right i don't like that uh, but it's uh, if you know a person that teaches time management let me know absolutely i will learn yeah so it's like, now i guess on that note with the business side of things one of the things that you'd mentioned was um, looking for sponsors and all of that. And mm-hmm. you know, for the album, obviously things cost money. And so you need yes. to be able to cover those costs. How has that been as far as a learning journey to understand the business side of your art? Because on one end, you have this talent, you know, you love doing what you do, you have a passion for it. But now as I've come to understand, and as have you taught me part of it, that, you know, there's this business side of it that if you're not doing it, how are you going to fulfill your, these dreams, Right. What has been the biggest thing you've had to learn or overcome as part of that business side of the music, of your music? Sadly, maybe we sh- we're we not supposed to be accountants and managers and everything else, but we have to go through it that we have no choice. Um, so I've done a couple self-funded, um, very small projects in the past just to begin with and to understand 
how the business works, just take a few steps because I was completely clueless. Um, so now my next the two projects that are, are ongoing are more intentional. I would like, as a parenthesis, <laughs> I would like to have as a goal um, a few products of exceptional quality that sustain me as a a passive income, mm -hmm. such as uh, album streams or or a book that sells mm -hmm. or art that can be multiplied and sold. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to music and the production, it costs money. <laughs> Um, there are people involved. There are each instrument player and this recording engineer and uh, an arranger. Um, if you care about the details, detail-oriented, yeah. uh, there is art for the cover. Right. There is digital or physical distribution. Vinyl costs a lot. Um, merch costs a lot mm, to produce. Mm. And how important are those things that, you know, today's day and age being so digital that, well, you know, you still have to think about those vinyl costs because, you know, that's part of it, that you can't just exclude one thing and expect to have success. How much of that is really important? Um, I'm assuming it all is, but just as you're thinking about it, as you're learning it, I think you have to exclude. The market is changing. You have to adapt. Right. I don't know why I would sell CDs mm. at this point, even though I have them. I keep ordering them. Some people are asking for it. Radio is asking for it sometimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, those nonprofit radios that have uh, fundraising mm. campaigns. They want to give something to their contributors uh, yep. as gifts. Um, and yeah. maybe uh, you know, there's a piece of physical product as a keepsake. Yeah. Um, but still, that's not enough reason for me to spend right. to spend $600 on, uh, on making CDs. 300 copies, maybe Oof. even less. Wow. Um, yeah, it adds up. And then think about what what to do with them right you gotta store them you gotta ship them you gotta hand them out i don't whatever. know um the concerts with the younger crowd uh they're not buying it no no they're not buying no. it. no so how has that been then from a digital standpoint understanding that and then navigating you know the two worlds of i think you're right where you probably have your older crowd your older generation who will probably love your music no matter what mm. but also the younger one not excluding that they're not going to buy your CD, but they'll buy your music. How did how has that changed your approach to technology um, in music? The younger crowd just asked me if they're just asking me if um, my music is on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever stream. And that's really it. That's the extent of it. They just stream, and I know it's it's a ongoing contradiction 
the ongoing battle between the material and the what do we do? What right, do we do with right. how do we make money then? But as a consumer, I'm very much into Spotify. Right. So I understand all that. I have my playlists, I have my <laughs> suggestions, I have my recommendations, and uh, it's all very nicely, neatly organized. Uh, the pictures are pretty, <laughs> the interface is nice, I'm used to it, I'm hooked, I know where my stuff is, so it's uh, okay. But as a musician... I, I get it. I do go occasionally and buy an album on Bandcamp to support an artist that I love. I but I still I don't want that digital music in my computer. Yeah. Please forgive me. Um I'm going to um, get into polemics and debates no. with my with my colleagues. I have uh, musicians friends of mine that are very passionate about canceling Spotify, canceling the stream streaming world. But it's the world is it's changed. changed. It's completely I don't changed. know if we can go back from can't. from the com, from the this convenience. But people still I mean the convenience itself is one thing, but you also have the fact that people want it they no one's going to stop mm -hmm. listening to music you know so i think there is something where as an industry as a community to be able to say how can i mean you need us and you want to listen to this but we're not making money so how can we continue to support this right that's where it seems like you're trying to be very creative and what i'm hearing from just even saying well maybe a book sale or maybe this mm -hmm. maybe that is that you're not trying to necessarily you know even make money or be, whatever, it's really just to cover these costs that are part of creating music. And that's really, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, how do we come? So have you given thought to that? I mean, beyond, obviously, I mean, it's tough. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but also just what does that look like? What could that look like in a world where we appreciate art, artists, musicians more and are able to sus not sustain, but like you're doing, you're supporting someone that, I mean, you're probably not in a financial position to just be handing people money left and right. But you're still understanding that it's important to support people. And, and you're doing that. And you're saying this little bit helps. How can we create a culture around that? Or, you know, is that just another conversation that we need to have, but that we can feed into and support our arts? What are you talking? It is is local and very small. Yeah. This is what we can do. We can go to shows. We can buy tickets. Um, we can... Um, get on be aware of their campaigns of their fundraisings of their whatever if they have patreon or um, a donate button or <laughs> but you it's not like you have to do that for everybody no sure it's uh, whatever speaks to you if you don't like my music please don't uh, be obligated. This isn't a charity case, right? No, 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 and I do the same thing if it doesn't uh, touch me. Right, of course. Uh, I'm not going to support it. But if it touches you, you you feel like you want to be in that... Um, you, you want to be that artist's best friend. You want to be their sponsors. 
you you want to be their bestie. Their supporters. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you bring up a great point with especially the concerts parts. Because I think that's one of the things that I'm noticing um, that even for myself, if I'm not going out to eat and I'm not really drinking anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, just, I just don't enjoy it, not by any other choice. Mm-hmm. But it seems that, especially in Chicago, winter times, whatever, that if you want to go do something, it's eating or drinking. And that's pretty much it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But there's such an opportunity to create these beautiful events with music, you know, at the center of it, art at the center of it, that we desperately need as a community, as a people, on that local yes. level. We don't even know how much we need it. I always think about it. Mm. It's very hard to fight for culture because there are other things that are more important, like education, like healthcare. Um, But you have to remember that culture, it sustains, it... it, um, It's the reason for life. I mean, why do we need health? Why do we need all those things, right? If not to have our senses at a place to enjoy what we see, what we hear, what we feel. It helps you um, ask yourself questions about who you are, um, about what is the meaning of this all. Um, Otherwise, what? We're going to think only about our stomachs? Um, I don't know. About the materialistic world. And that's really, that's how I see it. I, I, I... what, why, what is the point of a life of, of health or money or this or that if you're not enjoying it on those things that really are meant to be enjoyed that we create, which is art. That's all we create. Even mm-hmm. food is art. I mean, when yes. you think about it, you can yes. sustain yourself by just taking mm-hmm. a, whatever food and eating it off from the ground, right? It's probably healthier. But mm-hmm. when we do something to it, we become artists in that kitchen or you know wherever, the restaurant, as a chef. But mm-hmm. you know, for you... What is that vision? What is the hope, the dream that that can be realized here in Chicago you know, for you or maybe even globally, but that that you see this evolution in the way that we as a community mm-hmm. treat, respect and appreciate art, both visual, uh, audible, you know, performance, all of the above. I rely very much on the, how much the venue owners um, trust me don't want to control me give me freedom Mm. trust that what I'm gonna do will be good Mm. Um, getting paid and treated fairly Mm. I would like um, patrons to understand that this is a profession this is what we do it's not a hobby this is how we actually pay our bills Um, that's about it because the audience is is great is awesome all the time if I come if I open myself, they're going to open to me. And it's it's great. We just need that trust. Just trust me that I'm going to put on a good show. And that I'm going to be professional. Just give me that. And everything will be okay. 
<laughs> I love that. I love <laughs> Pay that. Me, please. <laughs> right? But yeah. I think it's so important. You, think you bring up a good point that this is your job, this is your profession, and you know, we should respect that and, and honor that and, and support, right? So for those that are listening and say, Anna, I want to support you. How do we do that? How, you know, where is the next show? How do I find out about your shows? Um, mm-hmm. What's a good way to, to follow you and to support you? Uh, find my website, AnnaEverling.com, uh, where you can find events, upcoming events. Uh, there is a shop with merch where uh, I have fine, eye, fine art photography. Oh, very nice. Somebody called it that recently. That's so right, I'm also... going to repeat that. <laughs> fine art photography, uh, albums, digital and CDs that you can order. It's all, it's a um, shop, integrated uh, commerce. So uh, um, what else do I have there? <laughs> I have uh, I have a few other uh, pieces, I think, left of merch. Nice. Um, there are nice things. So people can buy some nice things. Give <laughs> them as gifts <laughs> uh, at the very least, right? Buy, uh, buy a couple, one for you and one for a friend or a partner. But that's awesome that you're, that you're, you're doing those things that you were talking about doing is creating those you know, products and, and revenue streams for yourself that, you know, are supporting you in some way. Yeah, I never thought of myself as a business person. I do until this year when I was doing my taxes. <laughs> like, okay, yes, I have this. I have uh, about eight people that uh, I generated income for. Wow. And uh, um, it's, uh, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very exciting. And... You know, I'm very excited for you because I know that you have a passion for this um, and you can see it in your work and it's, it's amazing, you know. So if, if you're out there listening and you want to support Anna, obviously you can go to AnnaEverling.com, but you can also reach out to her directly through the website. She'll get that um, form in her email inbox. But Anna, I just want to thank you for coming in, for sharing, you know, your story and some of those struggles and things that you're working through as an artist that I think are so important for people to understand. But I'm excited mm-hmm. to see you at an upcoming concert or support you in any way we can. It was good to talk about money and business. I, it's very necessary. <laughs>